Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the Word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. the words to that chorus, I pray that they would form in every heart today, I'm no longer a slave to fear, because we're children of God. May those words get deep in our heart. When things rock, when things get unsteady or shaky, may we live no longer a slave to fear. May we be children of God. The thoughts that I'm going to share this morning, which as soon as I get them back here, here we go. Thoughts I was, I'm going to share this morning um, definitely were stimulated by this week. I'm speaking on the subject fear, faith, or presumption, but the, the interesting thing was already the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at, uh, I was already developing a message for, and so I already had some, some thoughts uh, regarding this, but we're going to talk about fear, faith, and presumption 
this morning. The term fear not or do not fear is a common command in the scripture. One preacher mentioned that it is in the Bible 365 times, one for every day of the year. And I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. So I decided to do some research on that, and I found that no, it isn't. Neither fear not or do not fear or any derivative of that is in the word of God 365 times. And now when you think of it, somebody would have done a calendar on that, right? But it is in the scripture over 100 times. But does it really matter if it's in the scripture 100 times or it's only in the scripture once? It's God's spoken word to us. Fear not. And if you're like me, this past week or two has been a place for anxiety, if not fear, to come into our hearts and and various organizations are trying to uh, waylay your fears. I got a bunch of emails this week. Here's some samples coming up on the screen. Uh, Six Flags, let me know what they're doing with the coronavirus update. They they just want to make sure that I'll feel safe going to their park down in Atlanta. Uh, Kings Island got me, and you're saying, Six Flags, Kings Island, I'm on their mailing list, folks. Um, I have season passes to both parks. That's one of the reasons. Uh, But Kudo Qdoba wants me to know what they're doing, and the other one is from my financial advisor. He just wants to let us know what he's going to be doing since we've got our investments there, what's going to be happening. But everybody is trying to solve or to, to, uh, to lower your fears. <laughs> I understand why. Because we really don't know. We've never been here before. We've never been and done this before. But I have one little quote from the letter, and this was actually the letter from my financial advisor, um, and I thought he stated something very well. Coming up on the screen, it says this, I'm sure you are all sick and hearing about coronavirus, COVID-19, by this point. The reaction of everyone seems to be one of two extremes, either the flu kills more people, there's nothing to be concerned about, or the end of the world has come, go buy all the toilet paper. And all of us fall someplace on that spectrum. And these two extremes actually fit into two of the categories of my message this morning. The fear and the presumption. Fear, the world's coming to an end. Or what I'm saying, presumption. Oh, no big deal. It's fine. It's this. It's that. The flu kills more people. Actually, neither extreme is the extreme that I think God wants us to be. There's a third alternative, and it's the word in the middle, faith. Faith. We're people of faith. We're people that need to walk in faith, I believe, because there's a world that is just wondering if the world is coming to an end or it's no big deal. But we need to walk in faith. And be careful if you lean to either of these two extremes. Let's let's talk about fear first of all. Let's talk about fear. The fear in some people's minds, is very real. There are individuals out in our culture, in our society, that are so anxious and concerned and terrified about where things are going, whether it's the coronavirus or whether it's what's happening with the stock market. The anxiety level that they are living in is very high And if you happen to go to the other extreme or the presumption, no big deal, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to help anybody that's walking in fear. 
making fun of them, verbally, in your home, on social media, is not going to help them. What's going to help them is walking in faith. The other side is, if you are in the other extreme, the presumption extreme, if you um, are holding to, and I don't know if you're holding to, I've read some of them, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories about this, what, where this virus came from, what it's being used for. I don't know where you fall into that. Believe, go the direction that you want, but be careful about going too extreme because the only thing that's going to help people is faith. The only thing that's going to help you is walking in faith. Fear and presumption are not going to help us reach people for Jesus. And that's still our call, folks. To help people find a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, followers of Jesus, the world is going to gravitate to all kinds of extremes, but I want to talk to us today. If you are dealing with fear, and I'm going to stop. There's fear because of this virus, but there are some of you that are dealing with other fears. You've had a medical diagnosis just recently, or you're concerned about a medical diagnosis, and there is anxiety and fear filling your heart. Maybe the economy going the way it is, you've already been anxious about it because of what's been happening in your employ, uh, as your employer. You've heard of cutbacks coming long before any virus hit. And so the things I'm going to talk about today, you can still apply to your life no matter where you fall down the road because this thing called fear is very real. Now, I need to speak something that I do believe. I believe that my message has been prompted by the Holy Spirit. But this portion right here, I believe is a very specific thing that God has given me, and I need everybody's attention. If you are feeling anxious or fearful, you know, the Bible says do not fear. I understand. But don't hide it. This is why I sense the Holy Spirit is saying You cannot break into the realm of faith if you deny that you're afraid. You cannot deny the reality of the anxiety in your heart and move forward into faith. I think sometimes we as believers, we as believers live almost at a place of putting on a look of faith that does not necessarily reflect our heart. Now, I know, fake it till you make it, and all those things are important, but this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say. If you are anxious today, not just about the virus or the economy, you could be anxious about something else in your life, admit it. Be honest about it, but take it to God. He's not going to reprimand you for being fearful. He's going to embrace you and receive you, and touch you. Do you know that most of the time when the Bible says fear not, it's being spoken to people who are afraid. It wasn't just a general thing, hey, live this way. It was being spoken to people who were afraid. 
The disciples were in a storm in a boat and Jesus walks across the water and one of the first things that he said is, fear not or don't be afraid. When angels appeared, people got kind of frightened. Don't be afraid. The words, do not be afraid, are here for you who are fearful today, for you who are anxious. Even if it's just a little bit of anxiety. In fact, as I was preparing this message this week, as I, one of the reasons I shared with you earlier in the prayer time about some of the things that are going on with my heart as far as you know, 401Ks and my mom being in a, in a care facility right now, we can't see her. Those are some of my anxieties. You know what else I'm anxious about? During a time like this, am I going to have the capacity to minister to you where you're at? You know what I'm anxious about? What if I have to self-quarantine for 14 days? How do we handle that? And then I remind myself in my anxiety to fear not. Why? Because the Bible speaks a lot about, and we've already sung about it, the faithfulness of God. But we need to start with the reality that I'm afraid. And sometimes I think it's difficult for us to admit as believers because we want to be seen as great men and women of faith. As as your pastor, I want to be seen as the great man of faith, lifting you up and stirring you up and getting you going. And I'm anxious, folks. Terrified? No. Losing a bunch of sleep? Not a bunch, but a little. Concerned what the future might bring? Uh Uh-huh. But then I remind myself of a few things. Anybody remember 9-11? Some of you are too young to remember the emotion of 9-11. You might have been alive. But for some of us, our world changed, and it's not the same. But God was still faithful. We're still here. We're still moving forward. And the same things that during 9-11 when I was pastoring, I was, I was in a building project during 9-11 back in Marysville. When 9-11 hit, I wasn't even home. I was over five hours away in Wichita, and our home was five hours away. I wasn't sure because as I often do. I let my gas tank get a little bit on the low side because I was going to fill up before coming home. Some of you will remember the days after 9-11. There were the gas lines and places sold out and everything else. I've got a wife and three kids five hours away. Guess what? I got home. After 9-11, I went out to the building site. Our, Our church at that time had dug the basement and the foundation, and Monday, September 10th, the red iron of the building and the siding was all delivered that morning. It was setting out on the ground. I was out there that day when it was delivered, and about noon I went down to Wichita for our district meetings. It was all delivered. It was such an exciting time. My heart was leaping. This was going to be our first facility, and the building was there. And I woke up Tuesday morning to Good Morning America. And all the images that you all know 
five hours away from home, $100,000 worth of red iron laying on the ground and not knowing what the future held. But all I have needed, his hand had provided because he is faithful and he loves us. Did fear want to take a, take a hold? Absolutely. Did I succumb to fear? I love the way the song says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Listen, some fear is okay. Um, I was listening to something uh, that a, an acquaintance of mine was, was sharing, and uh, he had gone out to uh, the woods, and let's just imagine that it was in Brown County. You know, the, the state park is there, and he had been walking down the path, and it was, you know, <laughs> warmer season, and sure enough, a rattlesnake went right across. And whoa! He got, he, there was fear. Okay? That's a natural thing from God. You know, rattlesnake goes across your path or a copperhead. You just, okay, that's a wonderful gift from God. But then he said, a year later, I walked down the path and I saw a stick. And, of course, I had my boots. You know, he had boots up here uh, so that protecting his ankles and stuff. He says, now I'm afraid of sticks. That's a slave to fear. See, in the natural anxiety that many of us are feeling, let's not deny it. Let's give it to God. I, he just really wants us to understand, bring your anxiety to him. But be cautious that it doesn't overwhelm you and you become a slave to fear. Now, presumption is the second thing I'm going to spend less time on it. I've got a little bit of time left. Uh, I'm going to finish these thoughts next week, by the way. I'm just going to let you know they'll be either here or be digitally. I'm going to finish this message. But presumption is this. It's an idea that is taken to be true, and it is often used as a basis for other ideas, although it is not known for certain. It is behavior that's perceived as arrogant, disrespectful, and transgressing the limits of what is permitted or appropriate. Be careful that you don't go that way also. Into presumption, into arrogance, into thinking that you know better, into walking around with a chip on your shoulder, and if for some reason things go the way that you believe they're going to go, don't walk around with an I told you so attitude. Because that's not going to help folks either. What's going to help people that need help? Faith. Seeing you and I as followers of Jesus Christ, walking with an assurance, admitting our anxiety, even admitting the fact that sometimes we get a bit presumptuous, but walking in faith. Walking in faith. Now, I do want to say this. Okay. I think it's a good thing, and I'll give you a scripture to prove it so that I can feel really good about telling you that this is a good thing. I think sometimes in situations like this, we need, to, we need to have a little bit of humor. You know, I've laughed at some of your stuff on social media. Sherry's laughed at some of your stuff. But this one really got me. I love this one. And so we're going to laugh at this. Due to panic buying, Walmart has opened a second register. A friend of mine, um, Dr. Mike Clarenceau, 
some of you have met him before. He's the dean. He's one of the deans at Southwestern University. He said this. Um, Video games have been teaching social distancing for years, so we should be pretty good at this. He also said this. If you run, <laughs> Dr. Clarenceau said this, okay? Dr. Clarenceau said it. He says, if you run out of toilet paper, just imagine that you're at Waffle House. They never have toilet paper in their bathrooms. I don't know if it's true. I don't go there. If you work for either of those locations, please just understand. Sometimes we need to have a little bit of humor. In fact, the Bible in Proverbs 17.22 says this. And this is from the New King James. I, measure, I memorized it in the Old King James. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. The way that I have it memorized is a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Got to be really careful during this time that this stuff doesn't start feeding into you and drying up your spirit and, and hurting your spirit or you get to the other side of the arrogance. Sometimes we just need to have a little bit of humor. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And sometimes it's hard to be humorous. When I think of my mom's situation, when I think about my friend that I told you about whose mom is in critical condition in a nursing home and he can't see her and he can't assist her. That is a non-humorous situation, but there are times that we just need to laugh a little bit during all of this. So for the rest of the time that we have this morning, I want to take you to a couple of things. The first thing in your notes, and if you grab the bulletin, you have a note sheet. Okay, here's a, here's a question I have for you. It's coming up on the screen. Faith or fear, faith, or presumption? Which of these three is strongest in your life right now? I ask you to be honest. If it's anxiety and fear, be honest about that. If you're to the other, ah, no big deal. Why is everybody making such a big deal about it? Okay, you can admit that. Okay, If you could say, you know, I'm doing pretty good. My faith is strong right now. But think about it. Which of these three is strongest in your life right now? Now, of course, we all know that the one that should be strongest in our life would be faith. But I'm going to give you something that I hope will help some of you. And the rest of you, you already know this, and so it's just going to be a reminder. But sometimes it's good to be reminded of things. In your notes, I'll tell you which of these is the strongest in your life. Are you ready? Bring it up on the screen, please. The one that grows is the one you feed the most. The one that grows is the one that you feed the most. If you're on the presumption side, if you're on the arrogant side, I can tell you something, that's what you're feeding yourself. You're out there on social media or you're listening to news or you're doing other things and it is feeding the fact that, yeah, this is nothing to be of. These people don't know what they're doing and it doesn't matter which political party they're with. Okay, if you're going that way, you're probably feeding that. If anxiety and fear is grabbing your heart, what are you feeding yourself? Both externally and internally, what are you allowing yourself to mull over? What are you allowing yourself to, if we want to use last week's term, meditate on? Mulling it over in your mind is meditating. If it's towards anxiety and fear, it's called worry. But the one that grows is the one that you feed the most. The one that grows is the one that you feed the most. If your steady diet is news and social media, fear will attach itself to you. 
If your steady diet is conspiracy theories revolving around the virus or how leadership is overreacting or any of the other stuff that's out there that fuels an arrogant attitude, or if you are taking as truth everything which contradicts what others are saying, be careful because you may be feeding presumption and it will grow. So for the rest of our time this morning, and I may give you a few other points. If not, we'll get to the points next week. The rest of your time this morning, I just want to let you see what the Word of God says regarding anxiety, fear, and how we should apply that. All of these verses I printed in your bulletin so you could take them home. Many of you have probably have them memor- or, um, underlined in your Bible or maybe even memorized. But let's just talk about what the Word of God says. So first of all, we're going to start in first, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Remember, fear is a gift when it is in those situations where you need to be afraid of something. A car coming directly at you is going to cause fear, and you're going to move out of the way. Hopefully you can get out of the way. A rattlesnake across your path. But when a spirit of fear, constant anxiety, it's almost as if there is a cloud, either heavy or light, over you all the time, God has not given you a spirit of fear. That is not of God. You say, but but how can I get rid of it? We'll talk about that. It's coming from one of two sources. For most of us, the majority of us, it comes from the fact that we're filling our hearts and minds with material that generates fear and anxiety. For others, it could be a spiritual oppression. For those of you who um, maybe don't know a whole lot about what we believe here or how we respond to things, we still believe, I still believe, that there is a supernatural world out there. There is angelic spirits and there are demonic spirits. There are more angels than demons and there's the Holy Spirit, of course. But there is still a spiritual world and there are spirits of fear that torment people, that oppress people. If it is truly a supernatural spirit of fear, there is only one way that it can be broken, and it is in the name of Jesus Christ, that name above every other name. You can break it yourself. You may need somebody else to pray with you. Most of the time, it starts off by what we're feeding our spirit, but it can grow into something else. But please be aware that if you're living with constant anxiety or fear, God has not given you a spirit of fear. It is not of God. The spirit that God gives is a power, love, and self-discipline. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 3, also on the screen, God is saying, do not be afraid. This is a prophecy from Isaiah, but it is as if God himself is speaking. It's written in the first person. Do not be afraid. And then he tells you when not to be afraid, because these are the places that fear naturally comes. Do not be afraid. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulties... You will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. When you walk through fear-producing things, fear will rise up, but then you need to counter the fear with an understanding and a realization that when you go through deep waters, God says he'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you're not going to drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, You will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Why? For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, is with you. He declares it over you. 
In the New Testament, we find these verses. In the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. For God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So you can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Why shouldn't you be afraid? Because the Lord's your helper. Why shouldn't you be afraid? Because the Lord is with you. We are not afraid, not because we talk ourselves out of fear. We are not afraid because we realize who's with us in those circumstances that put or bring us fear. And then lastly, and this really goes to what I really felt the Holy Spirit had for us this morning. In the book of uh, 2 Peter, 1 Peter, excuse me, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's not saying don't be anxious. It says when you're anxious, cast it. Cast it. It's that honesty of fear, anxiety, worry that is possibly in your life. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that's what we're going to be doing this morning in the next few moments. We are going to go cast some anxiety on him. We're going to get honest this morning that there is anxiety that we are dealing with right now. Again, it may not be the anxiety of our national circumstances. I, I just felt that someone, and I, I, I want to specifically say this because it could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I really feel that someone has a diagnosis or a potential diagnosis that they're very concerned about, and the sense that came to me was cancer. And this, is, this has been spoken to you or come to you, and it's causing a great deal of anxiety. It might not be confirmed yet, but you're just kind of living with it. Okay. This is the morning, to be honest, and to cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, I'm going to ask for some folks to be a little bit brave today. I'm going to ask you to publicly admit if you are dealing with anxiety, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment. Because I believe that you will not be able to fully move into faith as long as you are denying the fact that you're anxious. God wants us to be honest this morning. I've already been honest with you about the anxieties that I have felt. They're not paralyzing me. They're not keeping me from doing what I need to do. I don't know that any of you have that kind of paralyzing anxiety. Maybe you do. But this morning, if you would say, Pastor, I walked in and I feel anxiety, would you raise your hand right now? Anybody else? Okay. Most of the rest of you are doing very good. I'm glad. Pastor admits, already admitted he has anxiety. Here's the next thing I want you to do. I'd like you to step out of your seat and come forward because I want to pray over you. If you have raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, would you stand right now? Stand across the front. Get, leave a little distance between so that we can have people. Anybody else this morning, you're feeling anxiety about the current situation, about something going on in your life, about finances, you're feeling anxiety. Because I believe God is going to release within you 
something very powerful, and I would hate for you to miss out on the opportunity to receive from God. I know it's hard, but truly, if you're not feeling anxiety, that is fine. But I really sense that the Holy Spirit said this morning, there will be people here that have anxiety now. And we're going to publicly cast it upon him. Would anybody else like to join the group that I'm going to be praying for? For team members that are ready, I'd like to have one behind each one of these that is here. A lady with a lady, men with men. Thank you. You can just lightly lay your hands on their back. Lord Jesus, these who are here, and there may be some who are listening electronically, Lord, they are saying, yes, I am anxious. I admit it. There's things going on in my life, and I am just going to be honest with you. They're here being honest with you. Now, Lord, they are casting their anxiety on you because they know you care for them. Father, now release within them supernaturally a sense of peace, a sense of assurance, a sense of your goodness, a sense of your love. Lord, when Monday rolls around and whatever they face on Monday, Lord, may they face it differently because of the touch that you are giving them today. Right now, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, receive, receive, receive that which God has for you. Lord, I thank you that you are speaking into this fear. Now, in the name of Jesus, I come against any spiritual oppression of fear or anxiety or dread. I sense that there's some depression here in the name of Jesus. Be broken because the powerful name of Jesus commands you to leave these precious children these children of God alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The team's going to be coming to the platform and we're going to be closing with a song, but I'm going to give you the last of the notes. Please get your um, note sheet out. And then next week, I'm going to walk you through specifically the 91st Psalm, which is the second part of what I really want to talk to you about, but not this morning. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to be feeding our faith. And I already mentioned to you in that first point that whichever one of these that you're feeding is the one that's going to grow. So I'm going to give you four quick things. One, two, yes, four or five, whatever it is. Quick things of how to feed your faith. Are you ready? Here we go. Faith is fed, first of all, by God's Word. Faith is fed by God's Word. I quoted it earlier. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. In this book will grow your faith. Spend time in this book. Spend time in this book and not on whatever news service that you're on or social media. Spend time on this book so that your faith is fed. Secondly, faith is fed through prayer. 
Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. That's prayer. Don't be afraid. Uh, excuse me. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Faith is built by prayer. Faith is like a muscle. It has to be exercised and it will grow. Third thing that you can do, faith building music. Faith building music. What's the music you're listening to? Are you listening to music that builds your faith? It doesn't have to be great as thy faithfulness. It could be something else. But there are faith-building songs out there that will impact your heart. Are you listening to them? And then the fourth one is this. You need to be hanging around people of faith. Some of you are living in fear, not because you're on social media. It's because everybody that you hang around is fearful. Anxiety and fear is contagious. So you need to separate yourself at least somewhat from some of those people that happen to live in your own household. It may be a little uh, less easy to do. But you need to begin to hang around people who are also people of faith so that you can catch some of that faith. Now I'm going to speak a word of faith into you. Would you stand and then we're going to sing. It's the very last scripture that I have. It is not in your notes. But it's coming up on the screen. King David, towards the end of his life, wrote these verses from the 37th Psalm. And I can't teach the whole 37th Psalm. There's a lot that has to do about how strong your relationship with God is. But here's a promise from the 37th Psalm. For those of you who are walking with God, David says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. If you are in right standing with God today, plug into him. Get close to him through the word, through prayer, through music, through others. And remind yourself of what King David said. One time he was young, but now he's old. He has not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. I don't know what next week is going to bring. I do know this. This will pass. This will pass. We will get on the backside of this. Most of us hope sooner than later. We will never be the same. This nation is not the same since 9-11. We are not the same. We will not be the same as a nation after this. What I'm going to ask you, are you going to be better or worse? Are you going to be more faith-filled or more fear-filled? Are you going to be more arrogance-filled or more faith-filled? That's the choice that you have. None of us. None of us wish that 9-11 happened. I'm a different person because of it. And I'm a better person. I plugged into God more. I grew more. I understood more of his way. And we will be different. This might be a blip. Or it might not. We don't know. We'll pass. And we will be different. I hope that you will be one whose faith grew.
and his ability to trust God grew. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.